I want them to make the right choice. I don't want to make the choice for them, and I think that has really helped me in my horse training, and, and I love to think of it that way. From Digital Horsemanship, this is Finding the Feel. I'm your host, Caitlin Hurst. All right, so just coming off the NRBC, you take Patriot to the AQHA World Show, and you come home with yet another championship. What was it like going into that show, having those last few good ones under your belt, having a big win under your belt? Was it different? You know, so um, obviously the the World Show was like a dream since I was a kid. You know, we showed in in um, – I showed in raining as a kid and never qualified for the youth world. So, you know, the the coveted um, globe was definitely something that I've dreamt about for a long time, you know, and, and um, yeah, so Patriot was great at the NRBC. He was actually great at the Derby too. He's like a 131 in our 130 and a half um, and ended up third. And so when I went into that world show, I thought, man, I've, I've shown him twice this year and shown him hard twice this year. So when I walked into the first go of the world show, I thought, you know, I'm going to walk in there and surely he's going to be thinking about spending a little hard or doing something. And so I went in there and asked him to turn and he was just quiet. And, you know, we talked earlier about me being quiet. I had to step up and push him after the futurity and um, that's how that pattern was. I realized in the mil- middle of it is I better be a little more aggressive because he's just relaxed and waiting on me um, in that first go. But but he did well and and made it to the finals. And and I realized after that first go run that, man, he's still a saint. He's that horse that I have to I can put the pedal to the metal and he's with me. He's not trying to get ahead of me. He wasn't trying to second guess anything. And so that first go run gave me a lot of confidence for the finals, knowing that he still was pure thinking um, after two hard runs, the NRBC and the Derby. Gosh, that <laughs> that sounds so special. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Do you, do you work with them to like help and keep that going? Like I, it, you see a lot of you know horses. You show them, you show them, they start taking off and doing all the things that you just mentioned. Yeah, so so my I have a my plan with him um is to just be uh you know like I didn't I didn't take him to any small uh, I didn't go show him at any of the smaller derbies before the NRBC and I didn't I didn't show him. I showed him three times last year. Um and I kind of want to do the same this year. Like I want to preserve him for the long haul. He's such a great horse and has already had an incredible career. But um you know, to me, I just, and he's so good minded that I don't want to lose that. So I'm, you know, three or four times a year is probably all I'll show him. And then, you know, just, um, school him and, and keep him and keep him, you know, up to task. But that's, that's kind of my plan for him is to, is to take it slow and, or just, you know, not over show him for sure. Yeah. So you got the coveted globe. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. do you keep that in a special spot? Yes, it's still at the house. I, I, I all any of the the trophies they they go to the owner, so I, I'm going to take it to her, but I, I haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've talked a lot about Patriot and some really great successes that that you have had and you've had together. 
are there, is there a time where you feel like you failed um, that stands out to you where you learned a big lesson? Shoot, that's just about every day. You know, um, I will say this, the, those wins, that win at the NRBC and that win at, at the world show, you know, I just praise the Lord and give him the glory, not necessarily for those wins, because those wins are nice, but for all the times that he pulled me out of the valley, because, you know, the horse industry is hard and just life is hard. And, you know, we've had so many times where I failed or struggled. And, you know, I remember coming into my the house and telling my wife that I wanted to, you know, stop doing this, pick up trash for a living or something, because it's just hard and you know, just you feel like things aren't going your way. And that's when he picks me up and where, you know, he keeps me going. And, and, and the, my faith in him gets me, get makes me have um, peace and comfort. And so the winds are special and, and definitely a blessing, but they're from all of the times that, that we've struggled and he's, and he's helped me up. That's what's so special about those wins is, is the hard work that led up to it. Get a little bit of, of return. It's like validation for all the hard work. For sure. Yeah. What about a horse? Again, that's not Patriot horse. That's changed your life or career. You know, there's been a bunch of them. Um, to me, each individual that wants to play this game is is a great individual. I mean, I've had so many nice horses that have have um, been so good to me. The you know the first horse that I made the futurity on was a horse named the Checks Keep Me Styling. That was my first level four futurity finalist. Um, you know, so he has a soft spot in my heart. The first horse I ever made a level four. Um, uh, finals on was at the Derby on Miss Little Attitude, and she definitely has a, a spot in my heart. Um, I, I mean, they all do. They've all when when you have an animal that that puts out that much effort for you. I mean, it's just it's just and and even some that maybe they don't have the talent, but they're great minded um, and they want to do it too. So I mean, they're to me each individual has. It has a special place, and it especially if they want to do this job. You know, there's horses that don't want to do this job. To me, um, you know, if I have a horse that's not wanting, not getting along, or whatever, it's not that he's a, a bad horse per se. It's just he has a different job. He does not want this job. He wants a different job. So we try to find him, you know, a different job or do something. But all of them that want to do this. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's enjoyable riding all of them. Yeah. I think I'd take a great minded horse over a more talented horse. Yes, for sure. Day. For sure. Um, how about things, you know, that you do for yourself that make you a better horseman? You mentioned your faith. Are there certain practices or anything outside of that that you do? Yeah. So, um, I, I do a pretty strict diet. You know, I want to stay as healthy as I can. Um, and so like I, I cut out sugar and, and, um, I don't eat breads and, and some stuff, eat a lot of vegetables and meats. And, and then I, I don't work out very much cause all day long is pretty much a workout, but right. I do a little bit like some push ups, some sit ups and just 
uh, stretches in the mornings and stuff and just trying to, to be the best I can, trying to stay on top of the game. So, you know, I'm asking them to be an athlete and I need to be as healthy and as physically strong, um, you know, and it's really helped. I started that probably in the last two years and, um, you know, I'll go home now and, and play with the kids. And before I would go home and crash on the couch and have to take a nap before it was supper time. Cause I was just exhausted after riding all day. And I can definitely see a difference in my energy level here at work and, and at home after work. It's, a, it's been great. So you mentioned that change in your diet happened in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Was there something that, that led you to that or led you to evaluate yourself as an athlete? You know, um, it started with, I had allergies my whole life and, um, I started some natural, I had taken all the medicines for allergies and they really didn't help. And I started some, um, natural products and that started helping. And then I did an elimination diet where I kind of eliminated everything, but a few vegetables. And then as I added stuff, but you just slowly add stuff back over time. And when I added sugar and milk back to my diet, my allergies came back. And, um, so I kind of figured out then, well, I can do without sugar and milk and not have allergies. And so then it just, it just kind of snowballed into, okay, let's, let's, how do I eat? healthier and and makes me feel healthier makes me feel better and um you know it on the horse horse circuit show circuit i used to eat crap all the time and and eat eat bad and and then um you know then you feel bad and so just and it's probably been the last eight years or so that it's kind of been slowly turning into eating healthier and feeling better and but that makes a big difference at the, not only at home, but at the shows. You have those 2 a.m. rides, a few hours of sleep, get back up, ride a bunch of horses, show. Yeah, for it's sure. Make all the difference. For sure. I mean, I feel much better at a show. It's harder. It's hard to. It's it's hard on my wife because she's having to cook healthier, and we can't just go grab something. But um, but it de- definitely makes you definitely feel better and more alert and more aware and more ready to compete. How do you? keep that going at the shows and, and on the road it worked what works a bit i mean like i enjoy going to shows and so if i'm home for a month straight which is rare i'm ready to go to horse show you know at the end of the horse show i'm ready to go home <laughs> so <laughs> i guess the grass is always greener but i i'm the my it, it's my nature to i'm ready to go you know i'm ready to go to the horse show so um I'm excited to get there, excited to be there. And then I'm excited to go home and have a few weeks at home or, or sometimes it's just a week. Sometimes it's just a few days, but, uh, I like the change. So, so for me, it's, it's, uh, rewarding to be able to do both, you know, to go back and forth like that throughout the year. Yeah. I do enjoy December, you know, having, having four, four weeks off, five weeks off kind of between December and first of January. That is nice, but the rest of the year, I'm ready to go. Do you give your horses a vacation too in that December time frame? You know, um, not not a lot. Like the ones that were shown at the Futurity, they get some time off. But then, you know, you're getting the two-year-olds ready. So we're still, you're still doing, you know, you're getting ready for next year, you know. And so it's, it's uh, some horses will get time off and some don't. But I like to give them, you know, like if they've been to a show, they'll get time off and they get home. Um I tell you what, I've done a few times. As a matter of fact, I did it with Patriot before the NRBC. 
I actually gave him a few days off before I went to the horse show. Um, I wouldn't do that on, on maybe all of them, but he was, he's, you know, I had so much confidence in him that I knew I could give him a a couple of days off, let him feel good, feel better, put him on the walker Mm -hmm. because I knew he was going to have a hard week and a half there. So, uh, sometimes I'll give him a little time before I go. Yeah. Um, you also coached on pros. Mm -hmm. What does that program look like? You know, um, I love coaching because just to watch them and that watch them get better and improve. Um, my style is I want to teach them how to teach their horse. You know, I'm not going to just have them sit up there and, and, and show the horse and do the right things. I want them to know what, you know, what it means to, to get them soft and supple in the body position. So, uh, my favorite way to coach is to teach them to train the horse and then they're better in the show pen if, if they can make the horse do it themselves. Um, but it is, it's, I've, I've had quite a few that have shown futurity horses that have been very successful and, and it's fun, especially on a three-year-old because that's such a challenging ordeal with they're having to learn and have someone else, you know, ride them and show them and, and so it's it's quite a bit to to get that pulled off, but it's very rewarding when it does. What advice do you give them when they're getting ready to go show? You know, it de- I guess it depends on the circumstance for the most part, but but the same thing that I do. I mean, we're in here to have fun, you know, and so just relax, have fun, go do your best. All the homework has been done already, so for me, I've worked hard at home and I've prepared. And this is the fruits of our labor just going and showing. And so, um, so this is the part we should enjoy and, um, tell them good luck, have fun. In coaching non-pros, are there things that you've learned that you've applied back to yourself and the way that you ride and show? Most definitely. I, I, I won't, I don't know how much I've learned from, uh, from coaching non-pros, but I mean, it could be almost half. It's amazing. Um, I'll either, I I remember one time, this was a long time ago, but I had a youth girl and she had trained with all around. I mean, she had shown all around and she came and rode uh, Rainer and I was watching her standing the shoulders up, running large, fast, small, slow, standing the shoulders up. And, um, and I mean, I, I had worked on it, but had not seen it like that. So I called, I didn't tell her this, but I called her all around trainer. And I said, okay, I need to learn what this little girl's doing. (laughs) And so he was, uh, very helpful in helping me to, um, to learn more about shoulder control and standing them up. And, um, so that was pretty cool. But, but, um, and I had another youth girl that I do a circle program where I run large, fast circles. And we'll, if they're kind of getting off of that circle, I'll steer them through the middle. Well, every time she steered through the middle, she let them lope slow and relaxed and then went fast again. I thought, you know what? When we steer them into that small slow, they always need to relax. That's great. So that's that's something that I watched her do, and I applied it, and um, she probably never even knew it. And maybe didn't even know really what she was doing. She was just out there steering and, and having fun, but it made a point to me. So um, 
yeah, I can, I mean, things they do, I'll pick up and um, definitely use. Or if I coach them and explain something to them, and all of a sudden it makes more sense in my head by explaining it to them. So without a doubt, it has um, helped my career tremendously just, just coaching. And I enjoy it, and I love watching people get better and be successful and, and work hard. Anybody that has a passion and work hard, it's just, it's just a great thing to have, whatever it does. I, I pray both my girls have a passion about something because it just gets you, gets you up in the morning and going. Do both of your girls love horses? Yes, right now they do. I try not to push it. Um, but we do have two ponies and two 20 year old horses and, uh, they come after school every Thursday and ride here and, they can go at home. We have a little place at home, and so they they can go mess with their ponies, and, and um, they have fun. But, I, you know, I want them to enjoy it. If that's what they want to do in their passion, that's great. Um, if they want to do something else, that's great, too. I don't think they will be very athletic because if they inherited any of my athletic ability, they're, they're out of luck. <laughs> I'm sure you're more athletic than, than you're giving yourself credit for. Yeah, I also saw, saw that they they've been shown in some lead lines and, yes, and things like that too. Yeah, no, that's that is a it's a gift from God to watch them um, get out here and 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 just yeah, you know how get on the little. We have a good old horse, Ned. He's 22, and and he she can just walk them all over the arena, trot them around. Um, she's learning to lope and. And it's great. It is great. And yeah, she wanted wanted to do the lead line, and then then the last at Ardmore, she did the walk trot and had a little pretty aggressive little pattern. I thought for um, for kids, but you know that just gave her more. She said, "Daddy, I need I want to work on that some more." So walked out of the arena and went over there in the corner of the practice pen and and went to work some more. So that was pretty neat. Sounds like she's got your work ethic. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> What's it like watching them out there? A little nerve wracking, you know, it's, that's your baby. So it's a little nerve wracking, but it's wonderful. Yeah. You also rode as a youth. Mm -hmm. Are there experiences that, that stand out that you, you think of as have informed yourself as a horse person today? You know, I was, um, very blessed to be raised in Brazos County down there at Texas A&M. And there were some incredible, um, Horse people in that county in our 4-H, we just celebrated B.F. Yates' 90th birthday down there, um, actually last weekend or weekend before last. And, um, I mean, we, they, yeah, it was just awesome. They, they had taught us as 4-H kids coming up so much horsemanship and um, so much about the horse. And then as a young kid, I rode with James Davison and he worked with Dick Peeper at the time. So I'd go up there and. And all my basics still stem from all of that that I learned. I mean, it's amazing that um, what I learned as a youth and what I learned with uh, James and Dick Peeper up there, it's it's still the the foundation of what I do today. Where did your passion come from? Was it a family affair or were you born with it? I guess it came from the good Lord above. My sister wanted a pony. My parents knew nothing about horses. My sister wanted a pony and, um, she got a pony and she kind of got disinterested. And, um, then I started riding the pony and then mom and dad decided to, um, 
you know, get in the 4-H, and, and so it just kind of kind of went from there. But but uh, I def- definitely definitely wasn't born in a family that knew anything about horses. My dad, I remember, my dad was was uh, awesome because he took me everywhere. He set up in the stands, and, and my dad loves to work. So all those hours of him sitting up in the stands, I really appreciate because he doesn't sit still very well. But he did that all my youth. And, um, I remember at, I don't know, we were at a show and I was like 17 or 18 and, and, um, you know, his philosophy was I did all I do, you know, if I want to do it, I, I do the work. And so, um, we were in a hurry or something to show. And so he put the boots on, but he put the, the boots on backwards cause he didn't even know how to put the boots on, um, because, you know, that was my job, not his, but he was there at every show, every clinic, um, sitting in the stands supporting me. So, and that was huge to have that, um, that helped the passion, you know, grow the passion from the beginning. What do you think allowed them to support you so much? Was it, and was it the way it benefited you? Are they just thinking like, what did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, um, it definitely, my dad was, um, or is, I guess, I guess he's not raising me anymore, but, but his philosophy in raising kids was he, you know, we, he didn't want us to have a lot of little things, you know, and, and, or, you know, he was, we we're pretty conservative, didn't, didn't have dessert at, at the, uh, Luby's or anything like that. But, but if there was a passion he saw, I mean, he went out of his way to to build it, and he did. I mean, we he bought um, we bought you know some young horses and two year olds and stuff that that um, you know was definitely that money could have been used other places, but he wanted to to fuel the passion, and he saw the work. You know, he saw me putting out an effort. If I had not put out any effort it would not have happened at all because he had to see me put out effort before he would do anything. But he did sacrifice a lot of time and, um, and then buying, buying projects and, you know, young horses for me to learn on and, and compete with was, was great. And it, it did, it started the, the passion started fueling the passion. Sounds like a pretty special dad. Oh, yes. Both my mom and dad are, I'm very blessed, very blessed with great parents. What was your first rainer? My first rainer was an own son of Dry Dock. His name was Faith Dry Dock. I got him when I was 15 or 16. And um, he was he was probably about my age, too. He's probably 15 or 16. And he was a little hot. He'd like to run off, and and uh, he was he was um, not an easy one. I, actually, I it's a little it's changed a little bit now, but I paid five thousand dollars for him. Dad paid twenty five hundred, and I had to pay twenty five hundred. And um, you know he he was a he was a handful, but if I worked hard, I'd be first, second, or third at at those corridor shows. And some of those other kids had. I mean, I know one kid had a $40,000 horse and, um, you know, n- not often, but every once in a while I'd be, I'd be, you know, be up there with or, or above him. Uh, so he had the ability, but he was, he was a tough, tough one. Um, Sam Smith showed him at the futurity when Sam was like an assistant. Um, I can't remember where he worked for, but that was back in like 86, maybe. 
And uh, he won the first go, and then he said that thing lapped the arena twice in the second go. <laughs> and he'd still run off with me even in in his older teens. So he was a he was a handful, but he taught me a lot, and um, and sure kept me going. You know, he had enough spin and stop to make me want more. Sometimes those tough ones make it just so much better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Learn a lot more, a lot faster. And appreciate the good ones. That's true. That's <laughs> very true. What are what are a couple of things that you think he taught you? You know, um, this actually is funny. This is another dad story. So that thing, I'd turn that corner and he would flat run off. He would always stop, but he would flat run off. And my dad, he always starts everything with, even today, he's like, you know, I know nothing about this, but what if you turn the corner and just put your hand down? And so I was like, okay. And uh, so I turned the corner and the next horse show. I put my hand down and he ran off about four or five strides. And then he started slowing down. And uh, I just kept doing that and pretty soon turned the corner and he was relaxed as can be. So my tense, you know, raising that hand was making it worse. And um, sure enough, dad was right. It it worked. And, and um we had a lot better rundowns after that. So that's one thing that really sticks out that he, that I learned from dad through that horse. All right. Go dad. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. What do you think's the, if you were to describe kind of the lesson in training horses from that result, what would that be? You know, um, my program definitely is, um, like I'll take a hold. I wait for them to respond positively and I release, um, I want them to make the move. So I'm not one to take a hold and make them get soft. I take a hold and I use my legs to wave them forward. And then when they get soft, they release. And that's and that same deal. You know, I want them to make the right choice. I don't want to make the choice for them. And I think that is really helped me in my horse training. And, and I love to think of it that way. Um, when I'm on that circle, I want them to find the circle where I'm not making them find the circle or I want them to find the stop. And, and, um, and I think you have a, a more solid citizen when they're, they're thinking, you know, they're, they're making that decision to be right instead of me forcing them to be, to be right. Yeah. Avoid like building resentment. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then you get a horse like Patriot that. Steps up for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. When it's their idea, it, it it's not only solid, but it it's just it you know it's more consistent too. It just helps. Yeah. So you went, you became professional while you were in college. Mm-hmm. Did you always know you were going to be a horse trainer? No, actually, um, everybody told me not to be a horse trainer because it's a tough life and they were correct on that part. It, it, it took a little, it took about 10 years before I, um, ever even made, not ever made the futurity finals. I did make finals a little bit before that, but it's just a hard, you know, it's, there's a lot to learn, you know, there's, it's just amazing. Not, not only the training, the horse, but the business and everything of that. So, so yes, I had not, I had convinced myself to not be a horse trainer. I thought I was going to be a vet first day of um, chemistry. I realized that was not going to happen. <laughs> so then what, uh, maybe I'll be a sales rep or something like that. But I met my wife, Jean, in college and um, 
she convinced me to give my non-pro up and um and be a horse trainer and then i had a wonderful first customer who also convinced me her name is is linda hoppy and she is is still a customer of ours and very close today but she told me if i would give up my non-pro and become a trainer that my barn would never be empty that it would always be full and um she's right so far wow what a special relationship that is yeah and you went and worked for Todd Summers for a bit, correct? That is correct. Yep. So we got out of college. I started training horses. I had about 12, maybe 12 to 16 there in, at the last year of college. And um, and I realized, well, if, we're, if I'm going to do this, I really need to go learn. And um, and so we left. I didn't graduate. I just wanted my Aggie ring. I didn't really care about my diploma. <laughs> But mom, dad, and my wife, Jean, they made me go back and get my diploma. So I do have it now. But I left and went up and worked for Todd um, for a year and and learned a tremendous amount. It was pretty awesome because the first week I worked there, he won the fraternity with Von Remenick. So that was pretty cool. Wow, that is pretty cool. Yeah. What do you think you learned from Todd? You know, I I learned a lot from um, all aspects of it. I mean, he his his attention to detail is incredible and like his care for the horses. And, um, I mean, we, it, it was just, I didn't know anything, you know, I was, I had ridden and shown, but I didn't know anything about, um, a training facility. I knew nothing about, you know, how to run a business. I mean, I knew nothing. So, so I learned a lot of that from Todd and actually kept learning, um, years later, you know, like, oh, this is what Todd was doing. Or, you know, in in the training program, you know, a lot of times when you're as an assistant, it's just so much to learn and it's, it's just confusing, mind boggling. And I know I've, I've had assistants where I have, um, probably just confused them trying to teach them because it's just so much to learn. And so there were so many years later that I learned from what Todd was doing that I, I didn't have enough knowledge or skill to learn at that time. Um, but later in lot later in the career, I was like, Oh, this is what he was doing. That makes more sense now. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it was great. It was like aha moments. Lots, I get it now. Lots of them. He's probably wishing I had those moments while I worked for him, but I, <laughs> most of them were after. <laughs> what was his style when when working with his assistants? You know, he was um, he was great. I mean, we, I loved the, the fact that, and he helped me to be hardworking because he demanded a lot from us. And I realized, man, if I want to do this, you know, I've got to be, I've got to put out a, a lot of effort. And, um, so he was definitely influential in, you know, if, if you want to be at the top, you've got to be hardworking, get up, get after it. And, um, what do they say from can till can't, you know? Right. Um, so now that you run your own practice and you have assistance and word on the street is you're looking for a good one. Sure. <laughs> what is your advice to up and coming trainers out there on, on running their business? You know, um, again, just what we talked about, about if you work hard and you're honest and you try to give that customer, I mean, to me, we want to, we want to do the best job we can because 
we want our customers, I want my horses to enjoy their job and I want my customers to enjoy their time here, you know. So, so I'm looking at, you know, what can I do to make them, um, get better and make them, um, you know, enjoy showing. And, and so my, my goal is to, um, yeah, to just to help them have the, have a good time and and enjoy it. And so, to me, those up and coming trainers, um, if you just think about that, those customers in a way where you know how can I be, do the best for them and make it enjoyable for them. Um, I think that um, sometimes we get we get un we just get so focused on you know trying to get the horse to do and trying to trying to to be the best we can we kind of lose the big picture of of how to to keep the business going and and going well yeah back to what you're saying it's supposed to be fun after all it is that's right that's right this is this is you know and, and all the customers this is is a hobby right and so they they have to enjoy it and they have to so you know it's my job to to have that horse prepared for them to so they're enjoying it or you know they either have the hobby of their showing as non-pros or i have a lot of customers that love to watch they come come watch their horse being trained and then they go and watch them in the show and that's their hobby is to enjoy watching me show um so yeah either way we've got to make it enjoyable for them fantastic well next is our rapid fire round but is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we haven't yet not that I know of. <laughs> we covered a lot of stuff. We have. That's great. All right. What is your trainer superpower? What's your specialty? What is my trainer superpower? Hmm. I don't know that I have a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> Almost everybody says that. I bet, I bet so. you do. <laughs> uh, um, no, I don't know. My superpower is is trying to be consistent. How about that? That's a good one. What is your favorite thing about horses? You know, there is not a favorite thing. I just, it, it, you know, it, it's a passion. I just love the horse, horse from, from, um, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know. I just love horses. It's just amazing how, how the good Lord designed the horse for us to ride. You know, and there's a spot for the bit and the saddle fits and they're, I mean, they're trained, how trainable they are. You know, that's what's amazing is you're taking a thousand pound, 1200 pound animal and, and it's submitting to you and doing exactly what you ask. That's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. And the, the athletic ability, you know, I mentioned earlier, I have no athletic ability. That's why I love riding horses because I can sit on some incredible athletes and feel what it's like to be athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any superstitions when showing? No. What is the best advice you've ever been given as a horseman? Well, there's a, there's a lot of advice. Um, kind of our, our theme, I guess, would be when they tell me to to go enjoy it and have fun. You know, that's what my dad watching me um, over the years through the through hard times and stressful times. You know, he'd always just say, hey, go have fun and enjoy it. And um and that's what, what's what we're supposed to do. That's a great answer. What advice would you give to somebody looking to improve? Hard work pays off. You know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, there's obviously talent, but, but hard work 
is is what makes talent available. So if you work hard, and I, I always felt like that. I felt like, you know, I don't know if I have as much talent as another guy or whatever, but I'm going to try to work as hard or harder so I can try to get there. Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank you. People can find out more about you on Facebook, Nathan Piper Raining Horses, uh -huh. and your website. Yep. Anywhere else people should look for you? That's it. And at the shows, I guess. That's right. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Finding the Fuel. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook to join the conversation. Subscribe in your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode. And if you've enjoyed this one, please share with a friend. It's very much appreciated. Until next time.